In the world of real estate, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the seller's agents who represent homeowners and the buyer's agents who inform and protect their clients. These are their stories. Welcome to Realtor Recess with Jim King and uh, my wife, Becky, in the background. And today, we're very lucky to have a friend of mine and also I, could think, I, I think I could say at this point, mentor, Sharon Karstens. Uh, she is a associate broker with Berkshire Hathaway, has been a designated broker, um, licensed in Arizona, Florida, Colorado, and Hawaii. Um, also the owner of the uh, real estate school, real estate career consultants. And anyway, go, Sharon, go ahead and sp speak a little bit more of, your, of yourself there. Oh, Put you on the spot. Yeah, it's fun to hear those. Um... It, it sounds probably more glamorous than it is, but basically I teach for a company that is nationwide, um, actually global, but so I, I collect real estate licenses just so I can teach for the people that they need to get licensed. So gotcha, I, okay. I'm loving it, but my hometown is here in Arizona. And so I um, actually practice real estate here as well. I think that's, that's already really interesting because I think if uh, the people that do listen to this, even if it's in the future, it's already been really interesting as far as when I'm, you know, whether it's a realtor, a home inspector or lender, how everybody has like niche stuff that they do and everybody's different and has specialties, whether it's teaching, instructing, you know, protecting or whatever, you know, uh, it's just kind of interesting, all these little different paths you could go down. But um, so, yeah, so yeah, you're, you're teaching primarily, is that right now? Yes, and that what you just said reminded me of a, a quote I just read the other day um, about people who write, you know, write books and things. They say yeah. if you write for everyone, you're writing for no one. So those niches probably help in real estate too, I would think. Yeah, you know, I've heard that too. Is like as a uh, you know musician on the side myself, I it, I heard a very similar thing from I can't remember what artist it was, but they're saying. You know, you need to write the song for yourself and not care if anybody else likes it or not. And if you're true to yourself, then you should be able to communicate that emotion. Oh, and that. yeah, and I think I think that's true with like writing. And um, it's funny too, like most of us realtors, like we we I think at our hearts, we just really want to help people. Yeah. Which which is what this job is about. And it's like there's a lot of safeguards. And Becky and I were talking today about um, we had actually a little meeting, and they had the. Uh, deputy commissioner with the department of real estate and which is you know basically set up to the protect the public from us but like we all work together and there's usually not a whole lot of litigation there's a lot a lot less than people think i think they had like 15 cases last year that were like legit complaints in arizona so that's not too bad i don't think oh that's pretty good <laughs> yeah not, not bad and i'm probably misquoting that so i'll probably edit that out later because i don't want to <laughs> Give the wrong numbers exactly as, as a realtor should not but uh go ahead and t tell me a little bit about your uh you told me a little bit before we get on the phone but go ahead and tell me a little bit about your story probably the most memorable story i have was with um some buyers who then became sellers in kind of a sad way but uh before this happened i i you know i like i say i teach sometimes i i was teaching not as much back then but and so I definitely knew the the stigmatized um, rules about you don't have to disclose and it talked about um, 
you know, ghosts or things like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. Maybe you know, <laughs> I, I guess I just didn't really was, wasn't, a, you know, if I think of ghosts, I think of a happy thing, you know, Casper's. I didn't want to think there was some kind of weird thing to it. But anyway, um, I had these clients and they were longtime clients, even though they were so young, they became wealthy really quickly. And um, they had moved here from another state and he started building a business. He had to be early 30s, maybe even late 20s when they first started using um, my services and buying homes. And then he, his company just took off and he, he became wealthy, like I said, really fast. Wow. So they kept like every year they were buying more, bigger and bigger homes. Um, and the last home was this uh, it was, it was huge. And it was, um, had one of those turrets, um, it kind of in, you know, they, 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 they're from castles. If you look at this turret thing, but yeah, and the office was, his office was in that his home office was in that. And it, it was a family home at first. Um, they were going to move in there. And anyway, there were weird things with the, um, with the transaction, um, bees in the attic, different weird things, but I didn't imagine we got through it all. Um, and then all of a sudden, because they'd become friends, like, um, our, I have, I had a young daughter, um, later in life and they were young and had their first daughter. Right. And they were friends. So the, he come, he just started changing this, this, um, this man, uh, and and people just kind of thought it was because of having money and stuff. And it may have been that, I don't know. But he, I remember he stopped by my office to show me his red Maserati. But he, he also stopped by because he wanted me to let me know he, they were getting divorced. And he was um, basically sounded like he was sending her back to the state they came from and all this and, and his, his children. And um, anyway, it was, it was sad, but with, literally all this happened within six months. Uh, he was just a different person. Um, and then he took his life all uh, within six months of closing on this house. Oh my God. That's it was crazy. really sad. And it was back in the short sale time. Like a lot of things weren't selling very easily. So he had purchased it six months before. Um, but the property values and everything was just, you know, um, uh, I was really caring for this family a lot. And, and, and I got to know his, uh, his dad and things doing the estate. We short, put the home on for a short sale. And I had a short sale specialist help me who knew what she was doing and all that with the paperwork. And it took quite a while for it to finally go through another six months to a year. I don't even remember how long. And it finally closed. And the person who bought it was didn't live in the country, actually. They were going to move, turn it into like a... Um, you know, not, I, they didn't have Airbnbs back then, but whatever they're called, vacation home or something. So um, anyway, about a month after it closed, the buyer called me, like not my short sale specialist, not her agent called me and, and said, um, I just need to know if if the man, the for, the seller died in the property. And of course, you know, my first thought was, oh, I can't disclose that, you know, so 
I, I said, well, and I tried to explain that I, I couldn't really disclose that. I, I didn't know really at the time. I was trying to remember what are the rules on after a transaction, but I just didn't feel right about it. And she goes, oh, I know he died. I know he killed himself because um, the neighbors all told me everything, but I need to know where in the house. And I said, let, let me see if I can. So I hurried and called my friend who was the, um, anyway, I called the family estate person and they they gave me permission. And so I called her back and I, I was like, yeah, they, they gave me permission. I could let you know. And she goes, I need to know if it was in the office, that turret thing, the turret thing. <laughs> I'm saying it wrong. Um, okay. And I said, yes, yes, that is where he, he got, he, yeah, that was it. She goes, well, did you hear the news? I'm like, no, <laughs> what happened? She said last night, lightning, and and how many times? Do, I mean, we guess we do have lightning storms here, but lightning hit the top of that turret and burned down the whole office. So I think all the energy from all the owners, and she, you know, is gone now. And wow. I, the way she said it made me think, what other owners? Like what? I just knew this uh, of the sellers from when I helped my buyer buy it. I didn't know anything had happened or whatever. So I look it up and look up and the name of there'd only been three owners. It had been the ones we bought it from and my, my client and then the people who built it. And I didn't know them, but the name kind of sounded familiar and I knew the builder. <laughs> so I called the builder. I said, whatever happened to so-and-so? He killed himself. He drove his red Maserati. He starts telling me this. He drove his red Maserati into one of those, you know, mobile home things that say the new home. You know what I mean? Where they have new home builders on those mobile home ads. You know, yeah. he'd, he'd run himself into it and it literally caught in fire or blew up or something. No one ever, I, I don't know the details, but he had killed himself too. And he had a red Maserati that he killed yeah, himself with. I was going to say, so yeah, it's, I, a, it's a, a different, like, what are the odds of that? Like, I know. And so, and, and, you know, not, anyway, I'm sure that it was, you know, I guess it could have been a coincidence, but the way he changed so quickly, I don't know. And the way that this new owner from this other country said, she thinks it's all burned away. And the last time I checked, she was still the owner. So I guess everything's all good. It's just, it was bizarre to me. So. You know what, that, that, that's crazy. And I have a, um, I have a listing coming up shortly, which I'll probably talk more about once I actually get it. Cause you know, until we actually have everything in writing. Um, yes. But it's, I think I might've told you about it, but it, yes. this, this house is actually, it was on cold case files and there was, a murder and then um then he attempted his he this guy killed his wife and then his one of his children his youngest two of his youngest kids had seen it and the and the, the youngest daughter kept saying stuff about this so he ended, he ended up trying to burn the house down with the kids in there and he ended up killing his his son and his oldest daughter and the youngest one survived and it was just it's horrific oh. and stuff and um but like I had been to that house because it's friends of ours that we've known for a while. And so I, you know, they told us this story, like I think the second or third time we're over the house, but I never felt any kind of weird energy. And plus since the house had been kind of mostly burnt down, it was completely remodeled. That body that was in the backyard has had been exhumed. And so I didn't have like a, any kind of weird feelings, but I, I, I will say when I worked with my mother a long time ago, she would get like these vibes with 
houses like she could feel like a happy house or a sad house and i was just kind of called it my mom's intuition and um we uh we went to a house a long time ago that she's like sorry to take to take over the conversation oh, here for a second but um she had um there's a gentleman that she knew that she did referrals with in scottsdale and he had a listing in mesa which is where my mom primarily worked and it was a, it was a potential listing and he said hey can you go check this out because he had a client that literally won this house on a gambling bet in vegas wow. and so wow. he wanted yeah he wanted us to go and, and this was a house that was in mesa and this was about 20 years ago it was probably a six hundred thousand dollar house it was probably well worth way over a million now but yeah. uh long story short my mom we get there she had kind of had a weird vibe and it was the summer, there's no utilities on. And I opened the front door and it was kind of oddly cool in the house since it was, I think, mid-July at this point, there was no utilities. And so I, I didn't go too far into the house, but I walked in there and I, since my mom wouldn't go and I think that was in the back of my head where I kind of felt weird too. So before we left, I decided to go, there's this weird long hallway with two doors on one side, two doors on the other. And there's a the master was straight to the back. So there's like, you know, long hallway with five doors. And so I proceeded to walk down that, that hallway front door is open. My mom's standing at the front door with the door open. And I walk down the hall and I open each one of these doors and I look in each one of the bedrooms. I get to the master bedroom and I, I go, it's all clear. I go, it looks fine. As I'm walking down the hall, each one of those doors closed, oh. which is, I'm like oh. sometimes like if the AC would kick on or something or or the or the yeah, doors not would... every door. Yeah, you know, so it, and I my mom and I repeat this story because it's going it's probably like 25 years ago now. And wow. you know, because when I it was when I first started, we tell we talk about this all the time because I have never been in a situation like that again or since then. I've been in thousands of homes, probably like you have. But, you know, there's weird things that kind of happen. And, you know, I, I can't explain it. I'd love to debunk it, but I'm not going to go back to that place either. And I, from what I know, people have been living in it, you know. And um, you had mentioned it too, like in Arizona, as a licensed agent, we don't need to disclose unless somebody asks us point blank. Yes. And, yes. and we do, you know, represent our sellers. So, and I have found that the stigma isn't near as bad as it used to be with a lot of that stuff, but it's still, it's still weird. But man, that, that house you're talking about, yeah, two red Maseratis and um, it's a, uh, it's, that's, that's crazy. That's really yeah. weird. And plus yeah, like, it, yeah, and I, where he, I, where he, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I didn't. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. So where he killed himself, that guy hit by lightning and then that, yeah, that and so turn she felt, like, felt like all the negative energy got burned away. And as hey. you're talking, like you have so much experience with your mom as well as your own um, real estate practice. You, you're going to be an excellent instructor, by the way. Oh, thank and you. And tons of stories. So that, but when you said that, it made me remember that because these people were grieving, you know, their, you know, their, their, you know, son and and dad and ex-husband and stuff had just died. So I tried to help, you know, how we do, like you said, we were in the business to help you. So I yeah. had gone in that house to help clean just as a friend, you know, as a friend. And I had taken my daughter, who was a little girl at that time, she would not go in. And I'd forgotten that until you mentioned. Oh, wow. She'd been in the house before when they, they all lived there, but she didn't want to go in. 
And luckily I had my husband with me, so he was able to take her home and I didn't feel, but I, I think this is a good talk just to remember, follow our gut feelings. I think sometimes I get so busy, I forget to figure out what I'm feeling. <laughs> so it's, but kids are good at teaching us. Oh, they, they, they really are. So did, did she, wow. did your daughter like know that? She didn't like... want to go in. She goes, I, she, she, I, I can't remember if she said the word scary or what, but she couldn't, you know, she was pretty young at the time. And so she was just like, I know, I, you know, she didn't want to go in the house. And I, I didn't think to figure out why I just thought, oh, okay, honey, you don't have to, I thought she didn't want to clean. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't that you know old enough to really do a lot so you know he took her home and I I was there alone cleaning but I um just I had forgotten that that she she didn't have a good feeling about that house yeah I think some people are definitely are more in touch with the feelings and like Becky makes fun of me because like I like I don't I don't know if there's ghosts. I just don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to be scared in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Exactly. I'm, I'm, a, I'm just chicken, I guess. I don't, I don't want any part of that. So it's like, I don't, I don't mess with Ouija boards. I don't, <laughs> I don't, no, I don't none, none of that kind of ghost tour stuff for me, but that, but yeah, when you, when you have, I think, I think definitely there's some people that are more in touch with certain feelings and different, you know, whatever you want to call it, like energies and stuff. And I think yeah. it to to be aware of it, like we never know who we're working with either, because you have to be aware that people might be sensitive of some things and others may not. And you gotta you can't you can't uh make light of it because if it's serious to them, it's got to be serious to us. And you know, have like real estate too, if you unless you you know real estate's about getting that 10 o'clock at night call from either a panic seller or buyer. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just got to kind of deal with it. And it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of emotions in this business. We're dealing with a large amount of money and a large amount of emotions. Yeah. And in some States, um, those kind of things are, are, uh, material facts. I know yeah. it's not, but when I, so I, it's kind of fun for me in CE class and things to ask, you know, a material, what is a material fact? Well, it's, what people a reasonable person would want to know to make a decision on buying and selling well things like sex offenders <laughs> things like homicide suicide uh, most often in my classes if i do little surveys the majority think that is not everyone like you said some people you know it's not that big of a deal and stuff but most people uh in my little unscientific surveys definitely feel like that would be a something they'd want to know <laughs> so it's kind of interesting yeah you know that's i think most of us we come from a a place nowadays where it's like just disclose everything and let it let it fall where it may you know what i mean and, and you know you have to you just have to do that because you know you don't i would feel terrible if somebody and that's what our our job is to like my broker was talking about that today where not in real estate there could be a house the two identical houses, but one's on one side of the street. The other one's on the other side of the street. It could be a main road, but the price difference could be $20,000. Now, why is that? It could be schools, could be floor plan, could be upgrades, but that's the stuff what we're, we're paid to know. And, yeah. um, and, and like this, it's, it's a research kind of business and it's kind of fun being a detective on that stuff, but you know, like it's, it's th this listing that I have coming up, it's going to be a challenge because there's, a, there's a couple weird things about the property and I'll just have to see how it goes. I'm kind of, I mean, I'm excited about it in a way, but it's also, I'm kind of nervous because it's just going to be a different beast when it comes to marketing and again, disclosures and that kind of stuff. 
That'll be fun for you to learn. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Yeah, you know, I love hearing about your stories. That's awesome. Yeah, I, you know, that, yeah, I, I'm long winded. That's part of my problem. But I'm, I am looking forward to getting into the instruction, but there's a lot of, lot of nerves that go along with that too, because, um, although I've spent a lot of my life on stage in front of people, when it's just talking in front of a group of your peers with real estate, oh. that seems like it's going to be a lot more nerve wracking. So completely different. I, yeah. yeah. I, I, that's probably why I like teaching pre-license. <laughs> it's like, okay, the, the, but I learn more in my C class because everybody, they could be the instructor. I love that when it's very um, interactive and we're learning from each other. I like live classes because of that. So is that your favorite? So is that your favorite? You said like you like teaching I, uh, new realtors. I like both, but I I like CE because of what I learned. So yeah. I feel more like a facilitator, even though yes, I it's it's our job to keep up with all the laws and help people who are coming to these classes learn. But I learned so much from in the CE classes. Um, even if I'm teaching, because I've got all this knowledge and, you know, brain power in the room, but uh, pre-licensing, I feel like teaching that helped me be a better broker because I, you have to learn, you know, you, I always heard, oh, you, you, you go to, you can just take pre-licensing to pass the exam, but it doesn't teach you. But actually, <laughs> since teaching pre-licensing, I realized, no, that it does teach us. We just forget all, because it's all about laws. Yeah. And so we rely on our brokers to help us remember them <laughs> if we can. So it, to me, I learned how to be a better um, broker or agent or whatever by teaching pre-licensing. But but the CE, I love just learning how people handle things. It helps me in in day to day practice. So that's know. cool. Yeah, because I, I've Becky and I recently I'm at uh, Realty One Group now. Little little plug there. But um, I've been with a couple different companies for a long time. I was with just an independent small office, and I I kind of was I was there for about I think twelve years, which seems like forever. And it was. We didn't have office meetings. It was all all the continuing education we did on our own. But I got to a point where eventually I just really missed being in an office. And, you know, that's how Becky and I, we met you because we started going to that um, meeting with Leanne, with you oh. know, other, other realtors and stuff. And it just kind of is like, I was like, you got to be in the game and be talking to people all the time because it's changing all the time, real estate and how it's, how it's done. It's, it's if crazy. people in your podcast want a good networking group, that is the best because you actually learn and, and it's not just waste. It's not wasted time. It's true time. I love that group. It's been going for what, 20 years or something? It seems, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while that we've been going there. It's, it's a, but it's just good. It keeps you engaged and, and, you know, it's also really reassuring because like real estate's a, it's a tough business because I mean, as we all know, there's only so much of the pie to go around, but most other realtors, you know, in your office and other places are are going to help you. We're just that kind of, we're those kind of people. That's why we do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that, that meeting up because I don't know if you want the stats, my own personal stats. Yeah, sure. Literally, it's always between 65 and 70. So say 67%. Of my listings, I always find the buyers forum from agents in that group, and and usually my buyers find not always it's not as high, but maybe 
probably 30 to 40% of what my buyers are looking for, I find in that group too, their listings. So it's a, it's a really good group. I'm a big fan. <laughs> it is. And it's, it is interesting how that works. Cause I remember, um, this realtor, he, he passed away now, but when I started off in real estate, I was, I worked with most of the people were retired. And, um, it was funny whenever I put out an open house sign, I think of my buddy, Ed, who's I'm sure been long gone now. Cause like he was, he was super old about 25 years ago. And, um, what I would do is, um, you know, when I started in 95, we didn't have computers yet. It was still, we were like in the pager era and we were moving towards the DOS system and stuff like that. But my broker, I'd be sitting at the office. She's going, Hey Jim, could you please go get Ed? He's sitting in open house at Arizona golf resort. And what he would do is he'd fall asleep every day. And, and it was also hysterical because, because when I'd go to try to find him half the time, he had the open house signs were pointing in the wrong direction. Oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he just wanted to sleep and get away from his wife. <laughs> but, but it was funny, but like, you know, uh, but another guy in that office, Bob was, uh, he told me, he said, I remember him telling, I think a client of his, and he said, listen, if I come across like a, a great deal, like a great real estate deal, like the best ever, you're never going to hear about it. He goes, I'm going to buy it or I'm going to, I'm going to send it to my clients. And one of my clients is going to get it. But oh. it's just, I don't think it's as true now because MLS is a big thing. And that's like a great tool for us to sell properties. But like you mm -hmm. said, you just said it's about 67% of your properties. And there's a lot of our stuff too, that like when we get an interesting listing or something good, um, I'm going to try to get it to one of my clients, you know, because that's, that's right. what I'm in business. And that's like the benefit of using an experienced agent like yourself or myself we could identify the deals first and we're probably going to see them before you will. So if like, you know, something I, I, I tell one of my real estate spiel is that God's honest truth is for sale by owners. That's fine. You could do that. But when I go to multi-million dollar properties, they're not for sale by owners. They're using representation because exactly. they know the value, you know, and it's like, that's, it's, there's a reason why, you know, if you get a good realtor, it's going to treat you right. I know, I know there's some bad ones out there, but I think there's far more good ones. And you're just, you know, to the, the ordinary public, you're better off getting representation every time. I totally agree. <laughs> and that's my spiel and I'm sticking to it. And you should, it's a good spiel. Well, I, I, I appreciate your time so much. Me too. I'm looking Thanks. forward to doing more with you in the future and everything. And, uh, but I'll, I'll let you get on with your day. I'm sure you have more teaching to do today. Or are you all done? I do have an Arizona review at 4.30 and a Hawaii one at 5. Look so. at you. Well, that's why you're successful. <laughs> <Just a little. laughs> Thanks, well, again, again, this is uh, Sharon Karstens, hey. uh, broker, broker and trainer, Berkshire Hathaway. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me. See you soon. All right. See you soon. Thanks. Whatever happened in that haunted house? The client got angry and killed their spouse. The angry tenant that would always complain Left in a hurry and dumps cement down the drain Well, I've been selling homes for a while And I've seen some things Gonna talk to some friends of mine And hear the tales they bring Usually funny and sometimes gory It's time for your real estate stories Real estate stories